Hello, Annie Trenders. It is I, James, coming at you from a brand new location, which means that if there's some dull humming you hear in the background, that is the sound of my parents' air conditioning unit. Joining me this week are the usual suspects. Hi, everyone. This is Gracie hopping back and forth between the Girl Taku podcast and the main anime trending podcast. And this is Nico, or Nick, or whatever you want to call me. Um, I have two things that I'm bringing to the table. Um, last time I recorded, I asked someone to follow my socials, which at Nico Vineco on Twitter. And I was actually kind of happy that like someone actually did follow me on that. So that kind of gives me the confirmation that like someone... Somebody out there is at least listening to our, our insane ramblings. So then I had to, <laughs> I had to like actually create content on my Twitter, uh, which all I had was kind of backup pictures of my cats in various fun positions. So uh, thank you. Uh, I'll try to. The next thing I'm bringing is that I've been horribly betrayed by our my co-host James. Uh, in like a oh, really yeah. funny way and he knows exactly what happened yesterday at the time of recording yeah um, so james got to have a really cool experience uh so he got to go to the uh, warriors game in san francisco yeah. for the playoffs in western conference finals and i was really i was laughing so hard because i was like oh my gosh that's so cool i'm so jealous because i'm, I'm kind of nearby but i didn't get a chance to go because i mean i i have a job during the day and then I ended up pinging one of our editors, Jack, because he's also a huge Warriors fan. Uh, mentioning yeah, uh, that if you listen to if you listen to Girl Talk, Girl Talkie, you'll be familiar with Jack. He's been on a couple episodes. Yeah, so I was like, oh my gosh, James is at the game, and then Jack's like, uh, I'm also at the game. No, no, and no. So, he said people tell you that he's not at the game, which is precisely what we did. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was told he was not at the game, and then the, the picture of them together inside the stadium proved otherwise. It's not like they made plans. I think I don't know if like you guys just happened. To it was a up. complete coincidence. But yeah, I, um, I I sent a picture of uh of the outside of the of the Chase Center and was like, I'm going to the Warriors game, and his response is. I'm going to uh, like we had I, we had no idea this was a pure uh, both of us ended up with our tickets like at the very last second and so um and and so it was a complete like oh you're going I didn't know you were going and then it turns out our our seats actually weren't that far away from each other because we were trying to figure out where we were seated and we were sending pictures from where we were and I was like wait a minute the perspective that he's sending me is not that far away from where I am. And then when I went out during the uh, halftime to uh, to get some food, he just found me. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like, that's so Casually funny. looking for each other. <laughs> it was just really funny from my perspective because this is like the first time for my day job where I actually went back in the office instead of working remote. So I'm just sitting at my cubicle about to leave to go watch the game and I see both of you like right outside the stadium on your socials and I'm like, oh no, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Making money. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. So tragic. <laughs> yeah. I got to watch the game as well. It was a great game. Go Warriors. Yeah, that was a that was a really nice game. I think it's funny because you were you were messaging the group chat and so I would get your reaction on a play like 15 seconds after I watched it. Yeah, I was giving the... It was pretty good. Also, media timeouts. Great. I love media, media timeouts. timeouts. 
Because if you're there at the actual event, you just kind of zone out for a little bit, get up, go to the bathroom. It's also kind of funny because sometimes they put like random entertainment when it's like play is stopped and like I have to watch like a beer commercial at home. But then like at the stadium, it's like, okay, these like 10 people are going to do flips for like 30 seconds while it's time. And like we got uh, there was like some middle school dance group that did like performances during some of the media timeouts. Um, Did you see the the Masked Warrior little mini game they did? No, I I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll explain it. So it's it's like the masked singer, but they got somebody from the team to sing a song while wearing a mask, and one of the fans has to guess, like out of four different members, like who is singing. And if they got it right, then they got like a gift card and a Warriors like gift you know, goodie bag, and they got it right. It was pretty great. It was really cool to see. But who 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 was singing and what was the song? Oh gosh, are you really asking me for those details? <laughs> um. This is where I reveal that I'm not as big of a player <laughs> uh, as I should be because I don't remember everybody on the team. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, I, I could not for the life of me tell you off the top of my head. I also don't know the song. It was some R&B tune and you know that I don't listen to R&B. No, but it was also kind of funny because you also sent pictures like I guess Guy Fieri was also at the game. So you Guy saw, Fieri was uh, courtside. Mr. Flavortown. Like just... The mayor of Flavortown himself. Also Mark Cuban from Shark Tank. Yeah, because he's the owner of the Mavericks. So yeah, he owns playing. the Mavericks. So he, yeah, yeah. He, he would be there too. But it's it's funny because you get you you can since I was up in the nosebleeds, you can kind of observe down what's happening, and uh, it makes you realize celebrities are definitely like real people too. Because I'm pretty sure I saw Guy Fieri go up to Mark Cuban and ask for an autograph. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway. Yeah, after the ultimate betrayal, we are back. Uh, welcome to the Anime Trending Sports Podcast, uh, where we talk about all things sports and all things anime and all things sports I, anime. I would be out instantly because I am not a sports person, so... I, that's okay, I don't watch sports anime, so... I'm always surprised neither of us like have, have like watched all of Haikyuu or something. Cause, like, even, like, the My sister tried stuff. to get me to... I've watched season one. My sister really wanted me to get into it, and I just couldn't, like... It just never really gripped me. Wow. That's a, yeah. some biting words right there. I, you know, Haikyuu and um, the basketball ones and the swimming ones, like, I can barely remember the names of those shows. I only watched Haikyuu because that one is the only sports anime I really... Well, okay. I've seen Haikyuu. I've seen Run with the Wind, which is because it was with college students, so I was really curious because I've never really seen college students anime before. And I'm currently watching one that's technically a sports, but it's much more about drama. There's very little of the sport actually in it. So, yeah. <laughs> is, is this the golf one? Or? No, 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 not one. the golf one. <laughs> Golf's not a sport. <laughs> it doesn't count. The, the golf one is just odd. Let's just put it that it's way. No. Su- superpower <laughs> golf show. No, it's... Any sport where you are allowed to drink during the game is not a sport. <laughs> um, it's one it's the horse jockeying one but actually there hasn't really been much horse jockeying it's much more like drama based and like character driven so uh so that so that's why i can enjoy it because it's actually not that much about sports so <laughs> uh yeah i i've always found that like you can get my my version of a sports anime and i think uh Medi in loving memory would agree with me is uh the card game anime card game anime is actually a sports anime like a lot of the tropes are are there you size up your opponent yeah, somebody yeah, pulled you know that. some strategy stuff midway through the match um 
And so, uh, you know, growing up Yu-Gi-Oh! And then when I when I watch with Medi, when I watch Cardfight Vanguard, you know, you get kind of you get kind of that stuff. Uh, and sometimes a music show, you know, if there's a competitive music thing, you, you get a little bit of that. Yeah, I see that. I the golf anime is just dumb, and I could care less about it until like the silver-haired woman mafia lady comes on screen. And I was like, okay, she's hot, so I'll pay attention to her. But that's the extent. Wait, of wait. It. So, so from the first couple episodes, all I remember was that the main girl in the golf show was just creating like insane bets on golf like she's like hey you want to bet like ten thousand dollars on this like single whole challenge and then like people are taking that bet so like do, do the stakes like raise as like the season goes on goes on uh, kind of it's surprisingly a dystopian believe it or not oh boy kaiji but for golf <laughs> surprising part is the fact that it ended up being a dystopian story and um it's like there's a lot of drama in there but i just i cannot stand the golf because i cannot take it seriously at all and everything about it is just so out of the way the two main girls are clearly in a lesbian love story relationship that will never become explicit and just end up being queer baiting i'm sure at the end as anime tends to do so um but it's basically an all-girls cast where um this girl who like has these rainbow superpower like moves for golf who comes from the slums finds a friendly rival in the Ojo-san who's this elegant graceful you know kind of a ditzy girl who comes from this noble family of golf players who has her lineage own style of golfers oh my god and their worlds change forever and then there's a hot silver-haired lady with who's like part of the mafia that's the only character i really remember so how tall is the hot silver-haired oh, lady uh, does she wear a suit she wears boots she wears black gloves she's always in a suit and um, her hair is like pushed back she has like golden eyes, I think, and uh, and she's really tall. And I did have this thought, especially the last episode. She was sitting in like a boss position where her legs are propped up against the table on the desk, and she has like her arms yep. like folded really neatly, casually across her chest. And I was like, that right there is a top position. And then my next thought was, huh, James would probably like her. So. <laughs> I hate that the like the the time delay between associating me and those characters is getting shorter and shorter for you. Yeah, like I don't know if that's just like she knows you or if that's just like a, a straight roast, you know, like, oh this character's basic, you would like her. Like No, 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 no. Go. I'm right with James there. She's incredibly okay. hot. She's the best looking character in the group, oh, so okay. got it. This is some like neuron activation meme level stuff. <laughs> topic was me ranting about no, we're completely on like a completely different thread but that's fine i did want to get one more dig in about the setting of the golf show because if it is a dystopia why on earth is it why on earth is the sport golf which is basically a sport that exists for rich people to show off how rich they well, are that's why it's a dystopian like, i'm assuming so Ed, but it like the the upkeep i i as as somebody that's studying uh, like urban planning i hate golf courses they're such a waste of space and water. As someone, as someone who plays golf, I hate you for your ignorance, but uh, we'll move on. That's the thing, is I still also want to learn how to golf, but I also, like, kind of... There are 
there is a place in the world for golf courses. I think there are too many golf courses, though. But, like, okay, I'm not gonna go... I was just gonna say that there's, like, municipal golf courses that are owned by the city that also make yeah. money for the city, that there's plenty of stuff like that. Um, Every city should have a golf course, and it should be run by the city, and that is the maximum number of golf courses for any city. Uh, well, th- that at that point, your enemy is not golf, but capitalism, my friend. Yes. <laughs> so you might you you were pretty close to mark cuban that night i don't know you, you had your chance buddy yeah from like what 60 feet up and 120 feet away you just had a shot you're like kobe or curry or something like from the from the rafters while like while your while your cup or hot dog just rains down there and then you go. get beat up in band but that'd be memorable yeah i'd, I'd go down in history my hero <laughs> Anyway, before we get into our main topic, which we haven't even hinted at, um, I'm going to do a chart check because that's what we do here at Anime Trending, is we rate shows. So, uh, in first place, this is, uh, let's see, this is week five. Wow, we're, we're plugging right along through the, uh, through the season. Uh, in first place is Kaguya-sama Love is War, Ultra Romantic. In second place is Spy X Family. In third place is Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie. In fourth place is Comey Can't Communicate Season 2. In fifth place is Summertime Rendering. In sixth place is Tomodachi Game. In seventh place love uh, is Love After World Domination. In eighth place is Ya Boy Kong Ming. In ninth place is Data Live 4. And in tenth place is Aharen San Wa Hakarenai. Uh... Congratulations, Gracie. It seems that sixth place is as high as Tomodachi Game's gonna get. Well, I hope so. I mean, the last few episodes have been fine, I will admit to that. But that being said, I did see someone tweet about how, like, the best thing about Tomodachi Game is that they don't treat their viewers like they're idiots and stuff like that. And I was like, mm. they, they absolutely <laughs> do treat everyone like an idiot, like, the entire time. Like, like I liked... Last week's episode, I didn't really like this week's episode as a build-up, because the only main reason was like, oh, we've beaten our first villain guy among our friends, and now it's like, it's just the protag and this villain guy in a dark hole for 72 hours, which is basically like a time It skip was anyways, a lot of, like, um, well, what's the word what, called again? It was like, a lot of... Let's explain why the bad guy is yeah, actually yeah, not yeah, a bad yeah. guy, and he's actually a very good guy, and like... Well, I'm just supposed to believe guy, that, though. and it was so weird. I don't know. It was like the only the only conclusion I've come up with is Shibe is actually the good guy here. He's just a little like oblivious to things, but ultimately his heart's in the right place. So he, he's too stupid to do bad things compared to like literal murderer guy, and uh, I don't remember what else bad things that the other guy did, but. I'm very glad that apparently everybody is a terrible person in the circle of friends. Well, except for once again, except for Shibei, who's like just oblivious and kind of an idiot. So I actually feel ignorance bad for is him. no excuse for breaking the law, and the road to hell is paved with good intentions. But he he can still be no, he didn't. I can still be joyful that he suffered. Like just just based on the character designs, it's almost like you kind of expect like the three out of the five to be bad. And then like the other two, Kokorogi and Shibe are like, are just like not bad people at all, even just based off of their designs, which I was like, I thought that they were going to reverse that, but then it just turned out like, no, that's actually just the trope down to like the design itself. 
I do like that that reversal when it's like, God oh, is the most innocent looking person, and then like halfway through, it's like I've killed eight people. And it's like, oh, all right, cool. Well, either way, Tomodachi Game is like. I thought the last episode was fine. I it, I probably thought it was fine because I was just like, I didn't have to get that stupid like lecture from the <laughs> from the game. The game. Yeah, handler. like something happens, yeah, and they're just the handlers are just like this says a lot about society. And yeah, I know. Like, I just I cannot not, stand please? them. So, but yeah, I saw. So really, Tomodachi Game B six is like whatever. What was more upsetting was seeing that tweet on my Twitter feed going like. The best thing about Tomodachi games is that they don't treat their viewers like idiots. And I'm like, I am about to throw hands. <laughs> they don't treat us like idiots. They treat us like we're brain dead. It's different. <laughs> wow, Jay. It's a very big Jeez. indication. <laughs> anyway, rest in peace, your boy Kong Ming slipping down three spots. Yeah, it is kind of sad. <laughs> it probably is going to go up by next week anyways, because they're like officially releasing the full version of the the main op yes um i know like i've been listening to like the 92nd version on loop for a while um yeah and then i discovered they might be giants and i don't know why i've never heard this of this band before that's not anime related but that was, you haven't heard of they might be giants i've heard of their songs like i've heard of the fun songs like istanbul and the constantinople that is Istanbul, like that one like I'm telling, I'm telling Medi on you, cause like no, I know, I like no, I I was literally like I've been listening to Anna Ng like on loop since yesterday, and like it like I heard it once like maybe years ago, and I was like that's a cool song, and I never like figured it out what it was until I heard it yesterday, and now it like it got me out of my like Kong Ming haze is like how I would describe that. Yeah, they might be giants. Writes good stuff. I mean, Doctor Worm, certified banger. Um uh let's see birdhouse in your soul is definitely one of my favorite like nonsense ones and then honestly uh i listen to particle man when i'm really drunk i'll have to i'll have to write that down but i'm unfortunately i will be listening to the full version of your boy kong mings oh i will be too it's very good anyway uh as we continue to tangent i really want to talk about some of the other weird music stuff i've been listening to but i can save that for the end if we want to or uh just never the main thing i guess from chart check is like summertime is going up and like it's not out and i is it going to be out by summertime are we gonna find i don't know honestly (laughs) i'm gonna laugh really hard if it comes out in the fall it's like yep right after summertime is the summertime rendering i wonder (laughs) sometimes you have these like shows that take place in summer but they take place at the peak of summer as in like summer is going to end just like how I don't think I don't know anything about the show to be honest. I shouldn't even speculate on it. Gee Willick. Because all of this information is publicly available about what show this is. Well, I was a bad person. I just spoiled myself on everything. So Rude. Rude how how dare you? Look, I sometimes just am someone who or okay, I'm gonna be honest with you, I spoil myself all the time. The spoiling doesn't really ruin my experience for some reason, so I mean, a good a good show or film shouldn't be ruined just because you know how it ends. But at the same time, you are taking out a the precious first viewing experience by seeing how things end. My sister does this. She's like she asked me all these questions at the beginning of every episode of a show that we watch together, and I'm like, 
it will be answered. Can you calm down? <laughs> She's like, no, I have to know now. So uh, people are gonna people are gonna be so upset with me on this, but when I was reading I'm already a upset bunch with you. of novels back in high school, um, what I would do is I would take check out the novel from my school library. I would read the ending first, and then I would start from the beginning. So. <laughs> Oh my god! I I I did that once, and I don't know why. Of all of the books, I had to do that. It had to have been Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Like the literal day, <laughs> I turned to like a random page at the very back, and all like I all I saw the first page I saw was the Snape kills Dumbledore page, and I was like, <laughs> oh god! And then like years later, I heard about all these people who were like like trolling people at bookstores by just shouting that at them like while they're lining up because it got like kind of leaked online too but i i don't know why i did that to myself and like i yeah see that wouldn't shock me i'd be like oh man i wonder how i got here and then i would just start from the beginning so i am that horrible person who has since the beginning of time always looked at the ending first and then be like all right well let's start from the beginning now so yeah it, it helps you understand the foreshadowing be like you know why are there always these, like, kind of lines that make it sound like Dumbledore might horribly die in the future, and it seems like he's doing his final things. You're like, hmm, like, like 500 pages before that. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of a book I read in, like, elementary school that literally was like, yeah, you know, look forward to the... It was told in this, like, fictional autobiography kind of thing. It's like, yeah, look forward to seeing how the story plays out. Or you could just skip to the end just to see how it all ends up. And literally on the last page of the book, there's just a page going that just scolds you for skipping to the back. It's like, bet you thought you were going to get the ending. Nope. Read it from the beginning. Trying to cut to the end, you know, eliminates all the hard work of going through this book and devalues the work that the author put into this. Oh my God. Imagine, uh, imagine being like that author that like they put countermeasures, like the last 30 pages are just those um, like choose your own adventure. You're like, okay, now that you've read page uh 862 now go to 943 like like you just like they start making the pages completely out of order for like that last someone on tumblr did like give get this chaotic notion it's like i want like an author to write this novel series where every single book ends like on a cliffhanger but they seem completely disconnected from each other but then in the final book um but in the final book connect all the cliffhanger cliffhanger endings only to end on another cliffhanger <laughs> so and everyone was like you are so evil <laughs> my favorite other we do a little trolling in the literary sphere is uh that some that an author should like write if they're writing a book series at the end publish like three different endings say that there are four and then like go radio silent after that Oh, yes, I have seen that as well. <laughs> it's very good. Well, now that we've... Wa- <laughs> I was going to say wasted, but I think we all had a jolly good chuckle. Um, now that we've spent a good chunk of time talking about things that aren't our main topic and skirting around the fact that it isn't our main topic, let's get to our main topic. Uh, it's in our it's in our top ten charts, and it is uh, something I've recently got fully caught up on as far as the anime is concerned, and am currently caught up on for the manga, which is currently in this fabulous flashback bit. Or just finished a little, like, three-chapter flashback, which, 10 out of 10 backstory. Uh, we're talking about Spike's family. And uh, the anime on rails part of me and the... I took f- 
a lot of German in high school in me and all that uh, was like, oh, anyone can clearly see that this is just the Cold War and this is Berlin in the Cold War. Like, even if you didn't study, a, like, you know, recent world history, the name of the city is Berlin with a T at the end. Very clever. Which Very is, clever. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, um... Yeah, I mean, it's, like, the same as in, like, Mario, where it's, like, New Donk City. It's, like, everybody knows it's New York City. Just because you swap around a couple of letters or whatever doesn't change the fact that this is, you know, a historical time period. And West, um, West Dallas and Ostania is, again, it's just the West and the East. So, for those of you that haven't taken world history, or for those of you that have forgotten world uh, your world history classes in your secondary school or whatever... Yeah, this is Cold War Berlin, um, and if I managed to to sneak a screenshot of the newspaper in like the first episode, it's 1979, um, which is interesting because the setting of Berlin here, and this is uh, the thesis of uh, or the the topic of today's episode is uh, trivia tastic Cold War news with with James and color commentary featuring Nick and Gracie. Also, if you hear a creaking noise, that is also the consequence of me being at my parents' place. Uh, I don't have my comfy chair. Instead, I'm sitting on a spare wicker chair that we happen to have lying around. But anyway, yeah, so it's it's Cold War Berlin. And I figured we'd talk a little bit about the Berlin Wall and the Cold... Well, not the Cold War in its entirety, but kind of what it was like living in Berlin um, after after World War II leading up to the early 80s. Because this takes place, suppose you know, in the middle of it, it's a little interesting because uh, East and West Germany and East and West Berlin existed before the Berlin Wall. Like a lot of people associate the division with the wall going up, with the Iron Curtain falling, uh, falling and um, separating the two, you know, general fields of economics of of capitalism, and communism, and the Berlin Airlift and everything like that. But uh, as you can kind of tell just by looking at the setting of Spy X Family, there is no, like, division of the city yet. Because, for example, Eden Academy is stated to be in the east, but there's also, like, Western agents and all that going in around, um, around, uh, in, in Berlin. And the setting is, is a very, assuming, like, a very Western setting of like how the apartment is arranged and um and what's for sale and the appliances and the stylistic choices of both fashion and furniture and everything like that there's a couple really good twitter threads on uh the chairs that are that are placed in all the covers for the manga volumes which is fantastic on its own but uh yeah so that's that's kind of the setting here is is pre-wall uh pre-wall berlin do we have any questions from the audience uh and by audience i mean you two yeah uh, so like two here? things i think the one thing that i because i always just get lazy and just google like what did germany look like during the cold war like on a map mm -hmm. and the one thing i always notice is that berlin is right in the middle of like whatever the east germany territory was so everything yes, that was right in the middle start. of so i was always GDR. wondering like how was that set up um and then like before they put the wall in and then after they put the wall in because at, at some point it's like 
it like you couldn't freely go between um east and west or vice versa at that point because yeah. it was so isolated so in the in the early years of the cold war um there were a couple ways to get into west berlin because berlin was firmly in the soviet zone the cap it's the capital of modern day germany and was still the capital of of germany before the war and technically i think also the weimar republic um but it's firmly in what was held by the soviet union uh, and it was partitioned roughly in the same way uh as the country as a whole so to the east was the soviets and then there was a british zone a french zone and an american zone and the british french and americans were very you know we're pals people can move and flow kind of back and forth between as they want but if you wanted to get to west berlin from west germany you had to go through east berlin and there were a couple ways to do it uh before the wall went up you could take trains into uh west berlin but these trains were very specific uh they would leave their stations in west germany and they would not stop like they were non-stop trains to west berlin uh and that sounds cool but it you know trains weren't as fast back then as they are now and it was like super strict in terms of like um you know couldn't even if a memory serves like you couldn't even stop for refueling like you had to get all the you know all the fuel for the locomotives prepared so that when you arrived you know you there wouldn't be any stops in between once the wall went up yeah uh that train service stopped mm -hmm. and the only way in and out became airplanes um most you know some folks uh will know about the berlin airlift that was because not only, you know, when the wall went up, not only were passenger trains not allowed to travel, uh, freight wasn't allowed to travel either. So the only way to get supplies into West Berlin for a couple of years was to fly it in and just like, you know, paradrop it in or land the cargo planes and distribute it. So that's kind of interesting because of the fact that like the proximity of the city, I don't know if that's the same setup in Spy Family where Berlin is like essentially surrounded by uh it's australia right not because i was yeah, like west ellis is the west because the west is our people i mean i, I don't want to say like our people but like because I, I don't want to say like good guy bad guy but is that the right i don't know it's twilight's country is west ellis yeah um it, it honestly makes it kind of interesting because uh it kind of shows like why they need to set up such an elaborate spy network because like you can't even get into um Berlin without um like having your own alias and cover story set up way in advance because like you're already probably going to be scrutinized heavier if you're coming from with West Alias through um Ostania territory into Berlin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what I think is interesting especially for the implicate like setting up just in Spike's family is and I don't know if we've actually met Yuri briar yet but as you can kind of tell just by the the briar uh siblings first names is it's kind of implied that they are of eastern european or or russian heritage based on just their names uh but also um oh maybe we'll have to have the editor cut this out um depending on if it's a spoiler or not but you two are gonna have to tell me uh so yuri is uh, a secret police officer Okay, we Which definitely have that... not gotten to this part. The last thing we've done is Anya punched the kid in the face. Good. And that was Punch great. that kid in the face. <laughs> All right. Ah, <laughs> uh, geez. Um, 
Dang. I, I was right. just gonna say, like, there's probably a reason why they have to. I mean, they have to. They had to set up like such a crazy network, and it's almost like this is why. This is why Twilight doesn't get nearly as much support as you would have expected if it was like the full mm-hmm. force of the government. Like they can only give them like the magic credit card and have yeah. them, have them put and, all and it's also brought up when when they're looking for uh, I think in like an episode two when they have to actually like when you know before you uh, before Yor and uh, Twilight meet uh, where it's like we need we need somebody to be the mom for this interview and f- the informant Frankie Franklin who again top tier name i love his name so much uh basically says hey why don't you have one of the you know female agents from your agency pose as the mother and twilight's response is well a lot of them got caught in the last you know spy purge um which shows you know for for what is ostensibly like a fun family comedy there's some dark stuff going on in the background like spy purges and they got caught by they got caught or... yeah. okay i was like i for some reason i kept thinking like oh they they got caught by west Dallas for being austanian spies but i it would have been they would have been caught by the east for being western spies yeah that's why he's got like the limited support and everything else on there yeah limited support that's why he has to pull double duty and do missions on top of what he's doing for operation strix which leads to the setup of like being late for the dinner party which gets into the whole like you know it, it it's it's very well crafted you know everything feeds into into the plot of of the particular of the, of the series, which is, uh, I guess, an example of good writing. But yeah, um, even the like subway cars in uh, are very similar to some of the um, some of the East uh, East Berlin um, S bonds or Strassebahn, which stands for like street street cars, which is uh, pretty cool. We haven't gotten like a ton of of Berlin landmarks though. Um, I don't think we've seen like a replica of the Brandenburg Gate or the Berlin Television Tower or anything like that. Um, we we do uh, we do have a castle. I love the castle episode, and there is some absolutely beautiful castles in Germany. Um, one of the ones uh, Neuschwanstein, which translates directly to New Swanstone, so Castle New Swanstone. Uh, is in Bavaria is probably one of the most beautiful castles in Europe, and is if uh, is one of the castles that Walt Disney modeled the castle from um, Disneyland off of. And that also happens to just be the fact that that's where Anya had her her party. Yeah, castle themed amusement park. Castle themed amusement park. Exactly. <laughs> it's like not even a real castle, and they're just doing this whole whole improv session. You can a lot of those castles are um are tourist attractions now and actually if you've got the dough you can uh you can like rent it out for a certain amount of time and some of them even have like you can stay overnight at the hotel at the castle. It's very cool stuff. But yeah. So that was just me. I, I just wanted to exposit a little bit on the on the cultural background here of what's going on in Spyx family. Um I realize now that like dang, the the Cold War is pretty grim stuff. Um, yeah, especially because I mean, you had people like entire families were cut off at that point, and yeah. Um, so my great grandmother actually is from is from Germany, um, and apparently she sent like care packages to to extended family members uh, shortly after the war ended. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, 
Well, pretty cool. But I was I, like, I mean, uh, I it was a hard time. <laughs> hard time. They had to do some really crazy stuff to survive. Yeah, looking back on it, it's it's a neat little anecdote. But I think uh, I'm I'm also kind of excited just viewing this from the lens of this is a Japanese media thing. Like this is a manga and anime made by a Japanese person that is still like pretty. You know, for what is again like a, a funny you know, family comedy, I, it's pretty well researched. And that's one of the things I always enjoy seeing is, is when somebody does research, especially on a culture that isn't necessarily their own. Like there's a, so much Japanese folklore um, based, you know, manga and anime and games and whatnot, which it makes sense because that's I just you know, the, the culture you grew up in. It's so it, not it, a World War II rehash. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. I think cause, um, and Oh gosh, what was the last World War Two like style? I mean, I'm thinking of the Sanya, uh, the saga of Tanya the Evil, but that's World War One technically. Um, but yeah, the um, something that isn't World War Two is, is neat, and I think the Cold War doesn't get as much recognition recognition as it should. I think you're thinking um, of Attack on Titan, which is quite literally concentration camps and yeah <laughs> i haven't watched attack on titan and i haven't read attack on titan uh, so. okay never mind then <laughs> yeah um, no worries i feel like tanya um, gives the same vibe similar vibes i don't i'm not gonna say same vibes but it's just like i don't know i think honestly even t- the saga of tanya the evil is is interesting because world war one doesn't get nearly as much media yeah saga of tanya the evil is world war one um i i've seen people say like oh 86 is a rehash of World War Two, but that is definitely not the case. It's actually a huge blend of a lot of historical elements with the actually the way that the war is being fought being extremely reminiscent of World War One. Agnes has actually already broken it down before on Girl Taku very, very extensively. So um, so, yeah, I would say the most recent World War Two similarity would definitely be Attack on Titan. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other but, aesthetic, uh, the, it, yeah. it's it. Oh, keep. I was just gonna other aesthetic. I remember from. <laughs> I don't want to be like, hey, y'all remember Joker game, but also, hey, y'all remember Joker game. Ah, I remember yeah. Joker game. I <laughs> terrible show, but it had a great initial setting of of Japanese spies before World War Two breaks out doing spy things, but it turned out to be pretty bad for. Uh, I don't. Why was it bad? It was just because like they had a different pro tag every episode. But they were all kind of the same dude in like every personality trait, and it was like a mystery action show that didn't really have mysteries or actions. It, it was like it was like I was sitting down and like everyone else knew the secret handshake but me, the viewer, and then like the show was like, "Oops, you didn't know the secret handshake. You should have looked out for it." And then there's like no evidence that like you could have figured any of this out as it was going. So funny enough yeah. agnes really liked that show because of the historical references and elements but um she is not here to debate so <laughs> no I, that's the thing like i love the 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 background with it and i i even think in some some aspects like golden comedy does this really well of just really showcasing like some of the really crazy like structures in um like the uh industrialized japanese military like there's some really insane like backstabbing that would that happened historically and like that you see on on the shows and dramas um but oh yeah absolutely it was just like the actual like 
action-y, like, like, why they're doing the thing, like, wasn't, wasn't as clean as, like, what the actual, like, background could have made it. Yeah, it's, it's a case of, like, excellent setting, very bad plot. Yeah. My other hot take is, like, I think Akka also falls into that. I know you really like Akka. 13. I like Akka because it looks really good and it's got a banger of an OP. I also has remember like the, Akka, yeah. <laughs> that one has like the same it almost has like a Cold War vibe to me too. It did I actually. I, I think so, yeah. It was kind of Because like Cold so War much of the show is like political intrigue about figuring out who's involved with this coup that's going to happen and then it actually was a food show <laughs> about eating food in different locations. <laughs> I love I love the food show. Yeah, no, I I had to reset. I was like, I was sold that this is a uh, pretty dramatic uh, spy thriller. Akka was interesting. The ending was fine. I don't remember much of the plot, which is obviously a bad sign. But what I do remember was the visuals because it was so unique and the soundtrack. So that's clearly the things that it was good at (laughs) at the end. (laughs) The soundtrack slaps... um... I, I remember the plot, and it is kind of like a food show. It's basically a travel show because this guy has to has to go around to um, every single different region in the, this particular country to do, like, an inspection. But while he's there, you know, it's like, let's sample the local cuisine. But then every time he comes back to the capital city, also his sister's like, yo, check out this bread that I got. And the bread looks so good. Top 10 anime breads. Aka, right there. <laughs> it, it was really good animated bread. I do, I do agree with that. I, I like that one. I liked the big food place. That the, the the big food region was really funny because the big food regions that's just like this is Nebraska. We grow all the food and everybody it's real tall. So big, everyone is like six foot five on average. Man, you guys remember more <laughs> of the story than me. I genuinely don't remember much except the way it looks. So <laughs> yeah, like I think I was. Yeah, I was big on it because I I'm a pretty big fan of the author. Um, I really like House of Five Leaves. House of Five Leaves. I was about to say, yeah, Gracie, you should watch House of Five Leaves. Completely different vibe. Um, but yeah, and completely different like setting of what they're showing. Oh yeah, totally different vibe, totally different setting. But the art style is, is consistent. And so if if Medi or sorry, if Gracie likes how the show looks, then um, watch House of Five Leaves. Me for a dead man. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Anyway. Yeah, I think, you know, now that we're just talking about spy shows in general uh, and and the kind of intrigue around them, I do, again, Cold War, underappreciated. Uh, you mentioned Golden Kamui, Nick. I think the Russo-Japanese Wars, um, also an underappreciated Japan slice of history. Japan doesn't really for... like to talk about it, probably because of the complex historical effects it left in the country. So, yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. I mean, how many how many World War II, like American World War II films have I seen that just completely gloss over the fact that my grandparents were locked up for a couple of yeah, years? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, we, they, yeah. And and also why Japan kind of likes to write World War II stories. I think there's, there are articles about Japan's complicated relationship with its portrayal of World War II and how they kind of will romanticize it a bit in a way that's different than how the West does it. That's questionable because it's more aligned with the fact that Japan allied with Germany in World War II and Germany was not great in World War II, to say the least. So anyway, it's complicated and I'm glad that they're focusing on Cold War instead. <laughs> 
Yeah, because the Cold War is so much simpler. <laughs> I mean, no, but yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. I will say for Spy X Family, as someone who has not read the manga, so was not pulled in with the hype of the original source material, I'm watching it weekly because, you know, I tend to be on top of things in regards to my weekly watches. I get the mm-hmm. feeling that Spy X Family is more enjoyable as a binge than as a weekly watch. Because a lot of times after an episode, I'm kind of like, not really much happened. You know, like, if I felt like I just watched an enjoyable filler. Like, it didn't seem like anything serious or anything in particular was taking place plot-wise or character development-wise. And I was thinking to myself, yesterday actually because of um because of this topic uh i was thinking to myself how if i had watched like for example the last uh the last three episodes in a row i probably would feel like whoa a lot of a lot of stuff happened but because i didn't and i watched it weekly a a lot of times after every week i'm just kind of like did stuff happen or was it just like really cool things that happened that just made me happy was all it is. And so I have slowly come to the conclusion that actually Spy X Family people, I'm still going to watch it weekly, but I ultimately think it's probably going to be more enjoyable as a binge watch than than a weekly watch. Yeah, I mean, it's this is slated for 12 episodes, right? Not 24? Uh, there's already a second core planned, but I don't think they're doing oh, okay. it back to back. I think it is split. Back to back, okay. Yeah, because I'm I'm thinking about where we are in the manga, and we're still getting set up. Oh, jeez! Like, because there's <laughs> there's there's the because there's um we as as kind of I accidentally spoiled for a lot of folks. Uh, we haven't even met Yor's brother yet. Um, we oh, I can already to... tell he's important because they purposefully kept his face obscured. So <laughs> yeah, he's he's interesting. Yeah. Um, he he serves as uh, I want to say. Not he he he's basically uh like a booby trap waiting to happen. I wouldn't say like he's the Moriarty to Twilight's Holmes because it's not like he's he, a little bit, but for the wrong reasons. Like Yuri is like I gotta figure out what's up with this dude that my sister married. Not because he's got his his uh his you know secret police hat on, but because he's like protecting his <laughs> overly protective brother and so he's doing the like gotta protect my sister who can be an airhead at times from somebody who might be trying to trick her but also the guy he's trying to investigate has a massive secret and so through what would be relatively innocent or well-meaning intentions huge bombshells are hiding just underneath the surface while also being protective of an airhead sister who enjoys looking at knives and could kill you with her eyes closed so yeah no, it's it's the it's the 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 reasons for you know Yuri's reasons for for finding out who Twilight is again like totally totally innocent in in terms of like the overall stakes, but because it just happens to be because of the person he's investigating that like if something gets uncovered, there's real consequences. That's what add you know it, yeah. it's the tension, but it also makes it funny. Yeah, and they're all they're all the wondering why Anya's in the corner, it. like freaking out because she's like the only one. <laughs> oh who's yeah, aware oh she knows too. Yeah. yeah, the telepath knows all. Of she's course like, she oh, knows. Oh, all. I like I I told you guys or I told the people of the podcast uh, who are recording today already know about this because I thought it was so funny. But I've been rewatching the clip of when Anya punches Desmond's son Damien <laughs> because. Um, well, anyway, I'm gonna. I'll get back to that. But anyway, um, 
I've been watching that clip because I just really love it. And one of the one of the com top comments pointed out how like Anya's definitely Lloyd and yours uh kid because she learned like violence from your because your is very violent. She's not exactly subtle like Lloyd is, because Lloyd is a spy, so his whole point is subtlety, but your is not. Hers is just stealth and like she's she's a hit she's an assassin. Yeah, she, Her goal is to do things as quickly as yes, possible. As, as quickly as possible, as powerful and fast as possible. So she learned to punch in a very strong way from her assassin mother, but then she learns to lie from her dad because she's a telepath. <laughs> and every day in uh, Lloyd's existence is that he's lying because he's a spy. He's living and a lie, so yeah. when I saw that comment, I was like, oh no, they're bad role models. <laughs> and so, uh, well, we, we got into that in, in the chat because you're like, are they bad parents? And it's like, no, because on the surface, actually, they're both very good parents. It's just that their daughter can read their minds, which immediately makes that whole thing fall apart. And then they're well, terrible parents. Well, that's why parents. I said they're bad role models, not bad parents. They're, they're being good parents, but they're just bad models for their kids to emulate. So, so that was like a, a really funny moment I had. Uh, but uh, I, I just... I love that scene and I thank James because he's liked like fan art a lot and I can see I am one of those people who have not turned off like Twitter likes in regards to the people you follow and I follow like very few people on my this is my personal Twitter that I will not be sharing but anyway um but essentially she, uh James has been liking a lot of fan art and one of the fan art he's liked is like teenage fan art of Damien and Anya as a couple and I'm just like yes yes Ooh. James has blessed me today so. I follow a lot of uh fan art accounts mostly for review starlight stuff but be you know they retweet stuff and like stuff and so it shows up on my timeline and so then I I get to see it and I uh, well I like it greatly I don't usually retweet, appreciate but. it because I'm one of those people who despite having only seen one episode of interaction is shipping Anya with Damien so yeah <laughs> it's uh shipping the miners together all right cool well they're the same age is why so i don't mind as much mine's mine's obviously like like no if they're different ages or anything that's that's just weird so yeah <laughs> it's it's good it's nice actually uh because uh anya's a telepath we get you know windows into everyone's into everyone's minds um and damien is damien is an amusing character dude he's I, very much he's he's a tsundere and we, we love to see exactly it. like the second damien showed up and i was like oh this is a tsundere with an inferiority superiority complex probably is neglected by his parents so he has to like use his parents reputation to try to booster himself and his own self-esteem and morale and stuff like that i'm like i love these characters so <laughs> Well, you just, there you go. You hit the nail on the head. I know character analysis. That's because I create characters of my own. So, and also I'm just a sucker for Cinderace as a whole. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, oh, I didn't even mention the dog. Yeah, we haven't even met no, the dog No, the yet. dog hasn't shown up yet. <laughs> also, uh, my, I know she's a minor character. Like, I... As, as, like all the characters are good, but my two favorites in the series are definitely like the minor characters of of Frankie and then also um, Sylvia, or as I guess as she's more commonly referred to, Handler. I love her hat. She's got this big old hat, and I think it's really cool. Oh, is that the orange hair lady? 
Yeah, she's the one. Uh, she's one of the Mucky Mucks in Wise, the the West Yeah, Alice, also uh, wears a suit, intelligence and service, and gloves. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Look, just because she just because she checks a lot of boxes doesn't mean I can't include the fact that I think she has a really cool hat. It's just it's very wide brimmed. Like it's almost like it's comically large. It's comically large, but it also like almost looks like it would have been Inspector Gadget hat. Like, I don't know. <laughs> It's like just oh, man, a few Inspector pixels Gadget. away from being that set up. It's good. Also, uh, fashion in this show on point. Uh, I know that like jeans and t-shirts are super comfy, and I totally understand why people go out in them. But I also do kind of miss the days when people got dressed up for any reason to leave the apartment. You, you could do that at any time. You know, there's no. One I could, that. but I also don't like standing out to that degree, and it does look kind of weird for a guy to be walking down the street in a three-piece suit. I, I think it's only weird if it's like, I don't know, like that weird steampunk aesthetic. Like, I that's the only one that would like throw throw me off. If it's like this nice casual thing, I'd be like, it's fine. But then if like, like person wearing ste- like, sorry, sorry, if this is what you're into, but it it comes, it gives, no, no, it gives, no, no, re- no. I, not to you or to the, the viewers or anyone else, oh, but listeners, uh, I know you have feelings. It's weird. No one wears goggles like that in public with the fun yeah. hats. I, I like the, like the pseudo industrial aesthetic, but it really comes off as kitschy if you don't actually do that kind of work. Like that's the thing that I've seen. And I, a sentiment I kind of agree with, with some folks in the Midwest of like, why are, people that have never done a hard day's work in their life going on buying Carhartt. Like, yes, they are high quality garments, but they are work clothes uh, designed for people that, you know, drive tractors and, and drill hole, you know, drill wells and everything like that. Like those are designed for heavy wear and tear. If you're going to wear them as fashion pieces, why? But at the same time, you know, it's their money. They can buy what they want, but um, you know, it's, it's a kind of a culture thing. Also, I think just uh, uh, the American way of dress is a little different. I've seen so many cool posts of like, you're, you know, like, not to be like, ooh, Europe, how exotic, but a lot of the pictures of like, ex- you know, people still going out and dressing up in those kind of outfits. It is very like, it's Italy and it's Germany, and it's France, and it's a little bit of Spain um, of people like actually bothering to to dress up nicely when they go up, when they go outside. Um. But this just means, um, what I'm trying to say is uh, Spike's family is a feast for the eyes. Uh, both the backgrounds and the wardrobe and just everything about it, I love. Go to Germany if you get the opportunity to, also. It's, it's a great place to visit. 10 out of 10, would recommend. Just don't go during the European or World Cup unless you are a big football fan. Because you will have a near impossible time finding a hotel room. <laughs> and also... You will not be able to get any sleep. I was in Austria during, uh, I think it was the it was the Germany versus Brazil game uh, from the World Cup a couple <laughs> years back. Uh, <laughs> I could not sleep because every time Germany scored, the bar at the bottom of the, the hotel would erupt in noise. <laughs> this went in, this went on until like two in the morning. Literally, like no nobody could sleep at all in the world when that happened like just to, to give you like the historical oh, context of upset. how insane that germany 7-1 game was like the entire world like was talking about it and we'll still talk about it for for many years from this um yeah i mean any i i can just mention the like germany versus brazil game 
to any you know anybody that's followed football for any number of years and they'll immediately know what i'm talking about you don't even have to follow football i mean you could even just say seven dash one and like everyone like like everyone knows the association with that or like more specifically like where were you when that game was going on because i think with how all the news is propagating you were getting like a Germany scored. You're like, oh, okay. And then, like, maybe, like, a minute later, you're like, Germany scored again. You're like, oh, wow. And then, like, a minute later, you're like, Germany scored again. And now you're thinking, oh, God, this is this is insane. And then, like, it just kept coming. Like, it was, like, it was just a nonstop uh, barrage. Yeah. And on top of that, with Brazil being essentially the, the tournament favorites for the World Cup that year, and it was... In their home stadium, like as the yeah, host, that's I mean, the worst part. Like, it was a great day to be in the world, unless you were Brazilian, because you were the only ones that were just like feeling like actual world melting right there. It was so it like I saw some of the clips of the coverage as well, which I feel a little bit bad for the like cameramen because they were all definitely like Brazilian, uh, because they had <laughs> they have you know you have to get shots of the of the crowd while the while the game is going on but there's some you know critical mass of brazilians in that stadium and they're just all crying that that was the most cathartic that was the most cathartic experience watching those those images i'm sorry i'm sorry brazil but <laughs> it was from the rest of the soccer world that was that was really fun <laughs> i think my favorite little piece of media to come out of that was like the day after the game somebody drew a sketch of uh cuz i think argentina was also one of like the the heavy hitters at that yeah, at that yeah. uh, or like one of the favorites Mm-hmm. And it was um, Argentina. Um, it was like a rock, paper, scissors thing. And Germany was uh, like a pair of scissors. And then Brazil was the rock. And then the scissors just, just cut the rock in half. <laughs> <laughs> and Argentina's just looking on as like a sheet of paper like, oh, God, no. Oh, anyway. Yeah. I was like... Welcome to the Anime Trending Sports Podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we've come full circle, uh, and just in time for our, our one hour recording session to roughly wrap up. Um, so do we have any closing comments on Spy X Family or, uh, just spy shows in general? Nope, I'm enjoying it. I can't wait for the next few episodes. I spoiled myself, so... (laughs) (laughs) You know, the fact that you spoiled yourself makes me, the fact that you spoiled yourself makes me feel a lot better about just, like, spaghettiing information about future episodes just in the oh, podcast. Oh, I didn't mind. Really I was more worried about Nick than anyone else. So. Oh, I mean, it, like, I mean, I'll, I'll put a disclaimer. I don't know if I actually was watching this for the political intrigue, and I don't think the appeal is in the spy part. I think the... Oh, it's the, not. The, it's in the comedy. The bit. fluffy comedy, it's a comedy manga, first like, and foremost. what I think makes the show interesting and, like... It, it would be different if you were like, okay, let's explain exactly how this next joke is going to, to happen and like when it's going to happen. Because that, that, that would drive me nuts. And um, here's the part where we all throw back our heads and laugh. Yeah. It's like, you should, you should laugh. Right. <laughs> but I was actually kind of funny because I was talking to um, Michael son of Tapos and he was actually like, he had different expectations because he thought it was going to be more focused on the spy part. And he's just like, this isn't a spy show. Yeah, it's kind of slice of life It's It's way slice of life. It was like the whole, like, uh, the, the Twitter meme of, like, the picture. It's just Shinzo Abe's eyes. Like, are you enjoying 
spy next time. <laughs> like as like another one of the propaganda, like have a family video. I love I love the the memes of like yeah this the show is encouraging people to have a family mostly because of that just one single line in the episode uh uh I think it's again like episode 2 uh at the at the dinner party where it's like I bet she's a spy sent here to lower the country's birth rate <laughs> But yeah like among like if we were going to compare the spy shows if we somehow had another hour we could totally compare spy family to all of the other family propaganda shows such as sweetness and lightning which i do say spy family anya is the better i guess child character compared to like all of the other family shows i've watched yeah so i look forward to the anime trending podcast children tier list like i know that it's like a fun to joke but are they are they blatantly like shows to try to like normalize having kids and starting families in japan is that is that why they get licensed or did they just was the manga just already like kind of created i don't think i don't think uh anything with that uh we'll say i want to say like subversive goal would would become popular enough to um get an anime adaptation without having some other uh good quality that makes it like popular so I, i i don't think anything that's gotten licensed so far i, has, I would laugh if somehow for the purpose we of... got like anonymous tips from like a manga publisher be like no we chose it specifically we chose sweetness and lightning specifically because of that <laughs> like i want to believe it's probably it's it's probably conspiracy theory but like it's, it's, it's funny to think about and it's just been in the back of my mind since i've been watching spy family anyways so <laughs> yeah I mean, it it does definitely paint having a family in a very positive light, uh, but I doubt there are as many children as unique as Anya out there in the world. I wouldn't want her. I'm sorry, but I don't need a telepathic child. So. <laughs> and she probably doesn't want you either, because otherwise she'll be able to hear how much you don't want her. Just like, no, it's know, not even that. Like, because I wouldn't know she's telepathic, and then she would read. All the random otaku weeby thoughts I have throughout the oh, day. Oh no! <laughs> See, that's the advantage here. Is uh, as was once said on the internet. Is at least on my end, men have the ability to actually think about nothing, like stare at the wall and just head empty, no thoughts. So I don't have to worry about that. I'll just like have the same. Jeez. I would drive. I would drive her insane because I would have the same song running through my head for the better <laughs> part of two and a half hours. Yeah, and instead she would either be corrupted by me or terrified of me since I tend to research about some pretty creepy things sometimes just for the heck of gaining more knowledge about certain things. It's for writing purposes, do not judge. And so, um, yeah. It's wild stuff. Uh, Go, my children. Go forth and multiply. Um, Anyway, thank you. What? (laughs) Don't worry about it. Um, uh, and and with that uh, terrible, awkward attempt to end the podcast, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, we hope you had a good time. Uh, you're you're not gonna hear my voice uh, for a little bit. I'm gonna I'm going off into the woods to be a Wendigo. I think I got one more one more episode in me before I I vanish into thin air. So, but uh, yeah, you can watch all of the spooky. You should rewatch Kagawani if you're gonna go off the woods. You should rewatch. I should that rewatch Kagawani because it's like the creepy show with the giant monster that's running through the woods. It's the Shadow Crocodile. The sh- you know, yeah. you know, actually, what I picked up the other day because Sentai Filmworks was having their big 
big spring sale. I got three copies of Yamishibai seasons one and two on DVD. Oh my god, you just you just single-handedly green, greenlit like five more seasons of that show. <laughs> Honestly, I'm okay with it because the ending themes for seasons four, five, and six were all very good. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Um, one of these days, like, I, I just want to have, like, that actually should just be an episode of just like, let's just talk about Yamishibai in October. Like, yeah, let's do it. I'll put it on the calendar. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll just have the the dark like, deck. What, uh, like what? Yeah, like what is this dank, spooky show that's not really spooky, but it's dank that we want to watch? I can I can turn it into a cultural lesson too, because it's uh, the title of the show is a play on words. Anyways, uh, socials. We have any other socials to plug in the end? We have our anime training podcast. Uh, yeah, check out the anime training podcast that you're listening to right now. Check out Girl Taku. Uh, so that you can listen to their fantastic content. I think we've talked about like two different girl talk topics in passing uh, in this very episode alone. Um, vote for the weekly charts and uh, follow Nick on Twitter. Yeah. You can follow me at Nico, the neck <laughs> with uh, two E's for the Nico. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, again, thanks so much for listening. Look forward to more episodes. At some point we're going to have some hot, anime convention coverage for you and uh we'll catch you later bye everyone thanks bye bye